Welcome back to Queen Beauty Podcast, the self-care kickback with your host, Elise. And Quandris. Join our journey on adulting, self-love, and wellness mixed with a few laughs. And giggles. Remember, you can hear this episode and more by visiting our website, www.queenbeautypodcast. It's our 38th episode. That's crazy. crazy. Time is flying. That's crazy. (laughs) Time is totally flying. This episode is airing somewhere between the Squid Game pandemonium all over the world and the nationwide breast cancer awareness walks all across the country. Did you watch Squid Games? You know what? I, I'm still on like the second and a half episode, but you know, my husband watched all of it. So I feel like I did because I heard him like, oh my gosh. And I know about the marble games and the okay. red light, green light. Like I heard about the games. Listen, <laughs> it's been, it's been a, a rocky weekend for me. I, I left, I went in the Squid Games one way and I left a different person. Oh gosh. <laughs> No, I think I, that's why I haven't watched all of it yet because I don't want to be a different person yet. Not from speaking. No, it's it's totally it, it it gives you an interesting thought on humanity <laughs> in a lot of ways uh, when people are feeling like they don't have anything else to give, but they talk of like from like they are in total despair when people feel like that. What yeah, they're to do. making decisions from that Ooh. despairing place that's just rough. I know, I know one thing. Apparently those little white sneakers that they wore mm-hmm. in the games, they're like sold out. I was listening to like this stock <laughs> podcast. Wait. And it was everybody because Halloween's coming up and everybody wants to be like a character yeah. in the game for yeah. Halloween. I was about to. I was about to get one of my baskets in there. Or uh well, I won't give it away, but there there was a character in the last episode. I wanted to morph into the main character specifically from the last episode. But um, if you haven't watched it. I would say give it a watch because I'm not a TV watcher and I watched the whole thing and um, no one, I don't think anybody who knows me was, um, was, would actually think I would watch it and I watched it. I didn't see you watching it at all. (laughs) (laughs) I told you to stay away from it, I think. You did. Okay. So it's interesting that, I mean, that's quite a, um, uh, between Squid Game and the national or the nationwide breast cancer awareness month that we're having right now and we're um just finishing we did a few walks and some walks are continuing throughout the month and so this week's discussion is going to be on checkups and check-ins with medical providers and since it is breast cancer awareness month we have a very special guest um is tiffany hill who is a breast cancer survivor here to share her story on our journey and to join in on the conversation. So welcome, Tiffany. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We are so happy to have you join us today. Uh, We'll say totally for the moment uh, having her on here and and in so good timing. So I attended a wine and yoga event at our local sports store um, in Smyrna, uh, where I'm located in Georgia. And um, this, this sports store had wine, yoga, and a discussion about breast cancer during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I had no idea that I would run into Tiffany at this event. Um, she would be speaking about her, her very impactful and critical story of uh, surviving breast cancer. 
I also know Tiffany. Uh, we worked together in the past and we have mutual friends and it's just so ironic um, how she came to just set up shop with her, her business with beautiful like fruits and wine tasting. And then all of a sudden she started sharing this story. I'm like, who, what? Oh my God, you? <laughs> that was just amazing. So um, I, I thought it was important to ask her to come on to the episode and join in on the conversation, especially with this, this month's focus about breast cancer awareness, its importance about do, breast health, um, doing your exams, your self-exams, all the things that we talk about about this month, but hearing the stories are important. So thank you, Tiffany. Thank you for having me. Um, so just a little bit about my story, my survivor story. I, um, I'll start by saying that I am 39 years old. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer um, three days before my 38th birthday. Um, so in 2019, the summer of 2019, I had my normal annual exam, which includes, of course, like we all know, the typical breast exam. Um, everything was good to go. A couple of months later, um, my husband actually discovered my lump in my breast, my left breast. Um, and most people say, how did your husband discover it? But we all know how my husband discovered it. Thank <laughs> God for his, his very intense techniques, he discovered it. Uh, <laughs> well said, love that. You take that out. Um, and I just kind of, I, I mean, I just kind of blew it off as a fibroid. I didn't think much about it. You know, um, I made an appointment actually to go to the doctor and I forgot about it. We began to travel, we began to celebrate the holidays, and I um, forgot about the appointment. It wasn't until January of 2020 that I, um, I got sick with a really bad sinus infection, and I went to the doctor. My husband also, again, reminded me that I needed to get it checked out because by this time, it, the lump had gotten a little bit larger. I went to the doctor, they sent me in for a mammogram and an ultrasound. In the mammogram, they did not find anything suspicious. However, on the ultrasound, um, the tech noticed that the lump looked pretty suspicious. She immediately called in the radiologist. He looked, I got dressed. Um, and that's when he began to tell me, you know, we did find something. It could just be fatty tissue or it could be something else, but we wanna send you in for a biopsy. Um, that was beginning of February. Um, so that was February 12th, mm -hmm. um, of 2020, February 15th, my now husband, um, proposed to me February 17th. I went in for my biopsy, um, February 21st, I was diagnosed with stage one breast cancer. And on February 24th, I turned 38. So the month of February is a, a month that I typically celebrate. Um, but now February's can be a little rough for me because that's the month that I was diagnosed. That was the month that my life changed forever. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of moving forward, my surgery was scheduled for April of 2020. However, because of COVID, um, the surgery was postponed. 
they did end up moving the surgery to June. Um, before they moved it to June, my husband and I decided to go ahead and get married. Um, we got married June 6th. My surgery was June 19th. Um, it was an outpatient surgery. At the surgery, came back home. I was down for about four weeks. So I decided to go with a lumpectomy instead of um, a mastectomy, uh, which was my initial plan. However, I realized that I was walking less in faith and making the determination that I was going to get cancer again versus handling it as it was in front of me. It was only one breast that was affected. Um, mm -hmm. So I ultimately decided to go with the lumpectomy. The so can, can you explain to those who may not be aware, um, listening, what the differences between those surgeries are? Absolutely. So a lumpectomy, it involves more so removing the actual lump. Um, it's going to also consist of taking some healthy tissue that's around the lump in order to make sure they're getting everything that could have been affected. A mastectomy, right. um, a single mastectomy would be removing the entire breast, the one breast that's affected. And a double mastectomy would be removing both breasts, whether both breasts are affected or if it's just one. A lot of women do choose to go with having the double mastectomy. Um, in order to just prevent um, breast cancer from returning. However, you can get breast cancer again in the same area without having breasts. It's just been in your chest area. So right. that's not always a safe part, but you know, a lot of women do choose to do that. And I support whatever decision anyone makes. Mm -hmm. my, my thought process is this is your journey. Um, and it's up to you on how, how you walk it, which is what my cousin shared with me, who's also a breast cancer survivor. Mm. Um, after the surgery, we did wait a couple of months because my husband and I decided to move forward with um, egg freezing. We decided to actually freeze an embryo. So we have a baby on ice, as I, as I like to call it. Um, and as soon thereafter that we finished the IVF process, we did move forward and began radiation. Um, radiation consisted of 23 treatments, one week of a boost. A, boof, a boost is like, um, um, I would say like triple radiation. It's gonna be a lot heavier, it's a lot more intense in order to make sure they get anything that may be lingering as far as cancer cells. Um, and after radiation, I was done on November 5th. And since that day, I've actually been on a hormone therapy medication. A lot of people uh, will call it oral chemo, um, but it's a medication that's called tamoxifen. And because my cancer was um, estrogen positive and progesterone positive, the goal is to try to suppress as much estrogen in my body as possible in order to prevent cancer from returning. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not have to do chemotherapy, thankfully. So that was one part that, you know, I didn't have to endure all that comes with that. Um, I am on the hormone therapy medication for the next five years in order to prevent cancer from coming back, hopefully. <laughs> wow. So oh, a story. that is quite a story. And it's, and it, and it seems yeah. like a lot happened in such a short period. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, that's something I want to get into a little bit on this conversation. So you said you've gone through 
a lot in February in a month by itself, a big plan decision of life-changing events in June. Yes. Um, and then, you know, making decisions on your family, your life, your your health, and then all the way Not through. to mention, it was a pandemic. It was a whole pandemic. It was a exactly. whole pandemic on the onset of it, because you said it was February of 2020, right? Exactly. I think everybody started to become more aware and go crazy on February, March of 2020. Absolutely. Yes. It was, I mean, when I tell you, when I tell you guys, it was, whew, I wouldn't wish it on even my worst enemy with the diagnosis or even the time frame that it happened, all of the quick decisions that we had to make. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was rough. I'm very, very, very thankful for my husband because he has literally been my rock um, throughout this entire process, you know, and with us getting engaged uh, six days before I got my diagnosis, I came back to him and I told him, you don't have to do this. We don't have to get married. Mm. You can take the ring back because I knew that he didn't sign up for cancer, just like I didn't sign up for cancer. And I didn't know what my, what the treatment was going to be like, what it was going to entail. I was completely oblivious to cancer um, before becoming, before being diagnosed myself. And I didn't want to saddle him in on that, on that being his future. But um, he told me, no, he's like, I'm not going anywhere where I'm here. And I, you know, for that, I just, I'm beyond grateful to him. Wow. That's beautiful. And then, and in June, had the wedding we did we did mm-hmm. yeah we had a backyard wedding a covid wedding Aww. we had maybe 10 people here um it was i wouldn't do it over again at all it was absolutely beautiful oh that That's sounds awesome. beautiful and intimate and i love i love that part of that it's so awesome yeah and what i love about your story is it's a, it's a story of resilience but it's also like I don't know. There's so there's so much beauty in how much you've triumphed um, in your story, mm-hmm. and I know that you know you wouldn't wish this on anyone, and I wouldn't wish this on anyone. But there's so much beauty in your story, and I just I, I appreciate your story for that purpose. And um, and I, you were put on this planet. I think everybody has been put on this planet for a purpose and a plan, and you were put on this planet, I see, for a reason to share the beauty in you based off of your story. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I will definitely say it's not easy, you know, I think so much, so many times we often think about cancer and death, but we don't think about those who actually survive cancer and what their lives are like. I know I didn't, not before right. my diagnosis, um, but even surviving cancer is hard. Um, medication that I take, it kind of takes my body down through there. Um, and then on top of that, I now have to be very diligent about anything that goes on with my body. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if my back is hurting, okay, that could be metastatic cancer. You think everything that's wrong with you now, is it cancer? Is it cancer? Because now I know that my body is prone to developing cancer. So it can be, you know, it could be a little, could be a little rough on me. Um, I think a lot of people look at me and they say, you're strong and you're this and you're that. And I may look like it on the outside, but 
some mornings I wake up and I'm just, I'm crying because I'm like, I didn't, I didn't want this job. I just, I didn't, you know, I wanted to just be Tiffany. I just wanted to be Tiffany Hill, married, wife, mom, Mm -hmm. just that's it. I didn't want this to have to be my story, but you know, we don't, we don't get to choose what our stories are. We don't get to choose our lives. And I know this is not my entire story. This right. is part of my story. Right. But um, if it had been left up to me, I would have wrote that part out. Right. Left it out. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's okay. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna carry, I'm gonna carry it. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna share it. My goal is to definitely bring awareness. Because like I said, I am, um, I was diagnosed at, at 38, right before I turned 38 years old. So I never did self-rest exam because I just didn't think about it. I didn't think it, it could be me. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I want to encourage everyone to do self-rest exams. I post on my Instagram page every month at the beginning of the month to remind women um, to do self-breast exams because it's very important. Finding it early is what can save your life. It really can. Yeah. You mm-hmm. have to just know your body and be diligent about checking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, t- I totally agree um, that that even that self-check, um, when I, I talked to you and you shared your story last week and I was like, you know, I've had moments where I thought I felt something and then the doctor kind of blew it off a little bit Um, at no fault, but it's not about fault. It's about being diligent about your body. And it's also about me taking that step, second step. Um, You know, it's not fatty. It couldn't, it could be fatty tissue, but like you said earlier, it couldn't, it could be something else. So um, being an advocate is something that I got from your story because I'm not yet 40. So it it could potentially, you know, don't want to think the worst, but if you feel something, go that extra step. Even if the doctor says, oh, it'll be fine. It's nothing major. Just say, no, I'll take, no, I'll get the diagnosis. I'll get get the test. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because like you said, I mean, if you, if you find out early, they Mm -hmm. can help you and you have better chances of getting, you know, getting everything taken care of and squared away versus, and it is scary, it's completely, you know, scary, but um, it's, it's still better to have the odds work out in your favor by catching things early, so. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I know, um, I have a friend right now, I call her um, my breast cancer friend. <laughs> um, the network of breast can- women with breast cancer is huge, mm-hmm. um, but she's a mom of seven. She's a wife. Mm-hmm. we tend to take care of everyone else around us and we mm-hmm. forget about ourselves yes. and she forgot about herself mm-hmm. and she recently got diagnosed that she's stage three wow. so I'm very thankful that it was just stage three and then they have you know resolutions for that she has to do a little bit more intense treatment because she was taking care of everyone else so if this diagnosis has not taught me anything else, it is, you can take care of them, but you have to take care of yourself in order to be here to take care of it. Right. Mm-hmm. That brings a great, great, great segue into your coping strategies throughout this whole journey. You said that you've dealt with 
major changes and you did you know you did not want this to be your story sometimes you you I mean you're still daily fighting surviving breast cancer um mm-hmm. right now so what are some of your coping strategies that you you've grown to need or to 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 trust in wow so um in the beginning I did not have coping strategies in the beginning I would scream um I cried every day I did some stress eating I did some um, stress drinking. Beginning, <laughs> yeah. I did not have good coping mechanisms. However, uh, once I got over kind of the shock of it, I have found I've always been a person who loves outdoors. So mm-hmm. I have found the beauty in just going outside on our deck, sitting down, and just literally taking it all in. Because now I look at life a lot different. Now mm-hmm. I, I know that even though I knew that my life could end in, the, in a blink of an eye, I really know now that it can end. Right. In mm-hmm. So I take in sitting outside. I enjoy those date night moments with my husband of us sitting outside and looking at the stars and having some jazz to play and just, just relaxing. Um, I have uh, began praying and meditating more. Uh, that definitely gives me relief. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I already have a good connection of friends. Um, oh. However, building the friendships um, that I have of women who have who have experienced or who are going through breast cancer has been very instrumental for me um, and with coping. There's one specific group that I joined. It's almost immediately after I was diagnosed, it's called um, My Style Matters and it's located here in Atlanta. And this group is phenomenal. When I say phenomenal, it is a phenomenal support um, for women who have been diagnosed with breast cancer. So that's big for me. So that's big for me, the circle of friends that I've built through after being diagnosed who have also experienced the same thing. That's a huge support because those group of women, they can actually relate to what I'm going through. Right. You know, a friend who hasn't experienced it, um, he or she can sympathize with me. They mm-hmm. can pray for me. They can be a shoulder for me to cry on, but they can't literally understand what I go through, that I have what's called anxiety so when it's time for me to go in for a mammogram it's time for me to go in and see my oncologist I get anxiety because yeah. I'm scared I don't know what they're going to tell me you know did what I mean did you say scanxiety yeah so it's a breast cancer word it's yeah a- <laughs> wow that's fascinating yeah. I, I, but to your point about your your support like your support of people who've gone through it I, I've never heard of that word scanxiety yeah yeah it's, I'm, I'm telling you, it's great um, just to have those women. Um, and just to be honest, my last thing that I kind of go to for mm-hmm. coping, um, dealing with where I'm at sometimes is so simple, but it's TikTok. I go on TikTok yes. and I just sit there and I laugh wow. and it's so good to just laugh <laughs> and not think about what yes. I'm going through um, mm-hmm. and just laugh. I laugh mm-hmm. and it's such a you know it's such a release and it's a good, it gives you all these good endorphins and stuff when you're laughing mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I that's it right there that's you my know, 
Shout out to TikTok for being a coaching strategy, right? There you like, go, man. You, you found hey. something positive <laughs> with TikTok. Love it. <laughs> yeah, it, it really works. It really works. I have uh, one other person that I follow specifically on Instagram um, who's a, a, a breast cancer advocate, someone who's mm-hmm. gone through breast cancer, but they always have the best memes that they post. Um, it's usually that dry humor. Yeah, but yeah. that usually gets me to laughing too. So, you know, I've found little ways to help me through. Um, I've gotten more in touch with myself spiritually um, mm-hmm. than I did before. I was raised in a church, um, a Baptist church, Southern Baptist, being from Tennessee. However, I've been able to, through this time, kind of build a different relationship. Um, as far as my spiritual side, which has been very, very important for me as well. Wow. Okay. Awesome. That's beautiful. That's cool. You've got a lot of, you've got a lot of support, a lot of support in your corner between your husband and your family, um, your friends. You've mentioned your cousin who went through breast cancer to help you through difficult decisions uh, with your surgery choices and options. Like, You've got really good support, Tiffany. That's great. Yeah, it's it's been it's been super um, great having everyone to kind of stand behind me when I feel like I'm falling. There's mm-hmm. always somebody there that lifts me up, and I am seriously like I'm so grateful. There there will never be words enough words for me to say about how grateful I am about the support and the love that I have from my um, my family and my friends. Wow. Could you could you share how you've tapped into some of your networks um, within the, the breast cancer community? Like, how did you even get into there, um, into those networks? What did you do, and what are right. some? Did someone resources? tell you? Did you just search yeah. on Instagram? I did. So yeah. I got on Facebook. I did um, a search, and oh my gosh, I am a part of so many groups for breast cancer yes. on Facebook because I needed to learn as much as I could, mm-hmm. and I thought, yeah. okay, what best what best way to learn and to learn from those who are going through it? Right. You know, so right. I'm on several ones for the medication that I take um several here in the Atlanta area um even some that are on the east and west coast um and I just I just did a basic search yeah um, as far as Instagram is concerned once I um kind of set up my page it people began gravitating towards me because I was a breast cancer survivor so I think they, we all just kind of look for each other yeah and then yeah. we start connecting that way What's so, your Instagram? Oh, my Instagram is at just a pink brown girl. Just a pink brown girl. Yeah, I had to get creative with that. I was like, okay, breast cancer. I'm a brown girl. Here we go. Yeah, (laughs) definitely love it. So yeah, if you're listening and uh, you want to go on ahead and follow Tiffany's just a pink brown girl Instagram account. So to get the awareness regularly on your dose, your daily dose search. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I'm all about feeling yourself, like really feeling yourself. You literally. Know? Right, right. Literally. 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 Yeah. Yeah. literally. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> just, to, just to touch back in on that, like advocating for yourself and it start with that self-awareness and feeling yourself and making sure. And if you, if you see something or feel something, then you say something. And then stand behind it. Like, don't let anyone second guess 
like really, really stand behind it. And I, I like that advocating because that is a big fear of a lot of people or not a fear, but it's a thing when we go to the doctor and they are very professional, but sometimes they get very, very busy, you know, and if they feel like you're not the typical prototype, like you're too young or whatever, you know, your size, whatever, you, they don't think that you have anything to be concerned with, they might just kind of brush you off. That's a big, big fear of people and wanting to speak up or it's just everything's happening so fast that you, you forget to say something because you're in and you're out. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. Not it's it's twofold too. Sometimes you forget to say something, and then there's another side that may not want to hear bad news. So it's like, well, they, yeah. they didn't think yes. they didn't think it was that important, and neither did I. Like right. <laughs> on, right. on on that level, like mm-hmm. well, they said it was like okay. You mentioned it. They said we're good, so we're good. Like no, stand right. behind it. Ask you know a little bit more, and you know take your own self seriously, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I've had to, I, I never, um, I mean, I've never had to advocate for myself the way I do now in my life when it comes to my health. Um, if something's going wrong, I'm immediately reaching out to my doctor, sending her an email. Um, and most recently I had a back pain. I still have it that just came out of nowhere and it wouldn't go, it wouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. And so even after we did all these bone scans and everything like that, and they discovered that it was not cancer, that it metastasized and metastasized basically means that it spread. Um, it was then to my doctor, well, okay, what are we going to do about this back pain? Because it's still there, you know, um, right. I'm very grateful to have a phenomenal oncologist. Um, she's Dr. Sarah Fran with Emory University okay. Winship, and she's great. So if I say, um, you know, X, Y, and Z is going on, she is on it. She's on top of it. But it's not always a guarantee that you're going to get an oncologist like that. So it's very important, even with your OBGYN, if you feel something, you tell them, you tell them, you know, it's serious. Um, You know, even if you have to stretch it a little bit further to let them know, yeah, you have a cousin who had breast cancer or you have you know just to make sure you're getting what you need and if that doctor is not um following along with what you're saying you need from them yeah then find another doctor there are millions of doctors out here that Mm -hmm. that will be happy to see you and happy to get you taken care of I think because there are more women who are being diagnosed with breast cancer under the age of 40 um doctors are starting to open their ears up a little bit more and Mm -hmm. listen to the fact that okay this person is experiencing this because honestly when I went to my PCP and I told her about the lump she felt it and she immediately said let's set you up for a mammogram and ultrasound wow I didn't say I thought it could be breast cancer yeah she immediately took it and went with it so even for her I'm grateful because it wasn't it wasn't some situation where I had to kind of go back and forth with her to try to convince her so if you get to that point, then I definitely say find another doctor. You're paying them. They they wouldn't be in business without right. you. Right. Mm-hmm. We and we go back and forth too. You know, um, historically, black women are misdiagnosed or brushed off. Like their pain threshold is okay, even if it's not okay. But it's not the rule all the time. And so you, in your case, you had people who didn't waste any time, and that's great. Um, but for those who have people who are wasting your time, move on. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, right. Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. I was doing um, research because there's just this big fear of just going to the doctor in general and trying to figure out kind of where it came from. And like Alicia said about being brushed off, I read about um, this study where a woman was brushed off and misdiagnosed. She was um, she was overweight and so she was having pain in her knee. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't say and so it was just it just so happens that she was having pain in her knee and they were brushing it off as it being her weight, you know, lose weight. Mm-hmm. And then the pain will go away. Um, and she finally, after, and this has been happening since she was about 14 years old. And so finally around the age of um, 32, she went and she had a different doctor. They actually finally did, uh, I think it was the MRI of her knee only to find out that she had a tumor in her knee. Wow. And they were brushing wow. her off as it just being an overweight thing. So just really advocate for yourself, especially if it's something that's isolated, mm. an isolated area where mm. it's just consistent pain there, get it really checked out, you know, and advocate for yourself, especially if you have if you have the insurance for it, you know, um, you're already kind of paying for it anyway. <laughs> so you, you might as well go on ahead and utilize it, uh, it, especially if you have something going on, you know. And I want to give a, a shout out to and not forget our men. Um, who can get breast cancer as well. And so I think those self-exams, we always assume women, but there are men who have cases of breast cancer. Um, So men's health is just as important to check in on as well. With feelings, it's not odd. We know it's hard to get men to the doctor anyway. So that's a whole, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, most definitely breast cancer has, um, no preference on sex mm. you know it, it could happen to anyone absolutely anyone so you just have to be diligent and you know know your body pay attention to your body because I had signs of having breast cancer well before my husband found the lump mm-hmm. I had um my my breast was always really sore and tender and I thought it was from keeping a bra on every day you know mm-hmm. um I had a lump under my arm and I thought it was from an ingrown hair. So I had signs of breast cancer, but I didn't know that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So just and be aware. Knowing, yeah. Knowing yourself and knowing your body and speaking up when you notice little things like that to your doctor, you know, and, and you don't have to necessarily wait for that annual appointment. Right. Right. Because right. It, and the fear is like you like if it's if it's still hurting come appointment time then I'll go on ahead and say something but I think it should be the reverse if you notice something and it's not near the annual appointment time it's still okay to just call just to make sure set up an appointment and you know address your concerns right and I, I think that just goes back to what I was saying earlier about how we as women get so preoccupied with things that we feel like we have to take care of mm-hmm. and we push things to the side such as our health so with you saying like oh well I'll just wait into my annual exam because I know mm-hmm. that six months from now and I have to go do that but I have these other things that's imperative that I have to get done it goes along with that so you just have to be you know you have to be aware of your body you have to yeah and um the other side of that being aware of your body and being aware of yourself not letting that go by the wayside and you know from a mental health perspective I had to start seeing someone Mm -hmm. 
after I was diagnosed because it was just all too much. Yeah. It was a diagnosis, it was COVID, it was getting married, it was trying to figure out what to do about my body. It was, it was so overwhelming. Yeah. So overwhelming. Um, so having counseling for me has definitely been super helpful. I'm all about mental health. Like mm -hmm. your mental health is super important. If you don't take care of your mental, your physical will definitely yeah. fail on you. Yes. Definitely. So mm -hmm. um yeah, I'm I'm definitely an advocate for mental health as well. Yeah, like everything that you shared about your journey had all the signs of surefire stress, right? And stress can be the catalyst for ongoing health concerns. I mean, I agree. And I honestly think that, you know, I think that my cancer, because people talk a lot about, well, how did, how did you get cancer? How did you develop cancer? You know, and I had to think about it. Like, what have I done? Honestly, I think that my cancer was brought on by stress. Yeah. Um, wow. Because in the prior years I had gone through um, moving from Tennessee to Georgia Mm. Um, I had gone through a divorce with my, my ex-husband. Mm. I was a single mom to two small kids in a city with no family. It was, I was under a lot of stress, a lot of stress. And I seriously think that that's what brought it on for me because I mean, I, I ate fairly healthy. Um, yeah. you know, I didn't smoke. I casually socially drank, mm -hmm. um, it actually started running. So I, I was, yeah, yeah. So I was doing things in order, everything else with my body in order to make sure it was intact. My weight was under control. The one thing that I wasn't attending to was all of the stress that I was under. Work was included. So I was stressed from work. So I just had a lot of things to stress me out. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that's what it was that did it for me. So you know. Sometimes we we look at like our just our whole makeup, our whole being, and, and we can see like the if if we put on some weight or if we you know we hurt our, a leg or arm, we can see it and we can address it, we can take care of it. But we need to really think about the weight of our mental space, like how much how much weight did that gain? You know, the weight or of our spirituality, and like how how can we really, really take that on and say like, I'm overweight with stress, Ooh. you know, and really, and really hone in on that in a way that we like, take it seriously, mm -hmm. you know, take it seriously. So it doesn't get to a point because I know that we've all, we, we try to, we talk about it often to try to keep ourselves aware. And now it's becoming more of a thing, but I feel like it's super important mental health checkups and check-ins and um, seeing a counselor I really don't think it should be an option anymore. I don't, especially not in the times that we're living in, you know, and it's it's nice to have, like you said, like you have your family, your friends that you can lean on and you have that support, which is great, but having, you know, direct people who you can go to for real resources, real, you know, that are, that are specific for you. And a counselor is a great, great way to do that. And then I just feel like I don't even think it should be a once a year thing. Not not the way not the way this world's spinning. No. <laughs> we gotta do this more than once a year. You know, <laughs> like it's it's a lot happening, a lot of changes and um with work and kids and family and everything. I think that it's it is just imperative to make sure we're going just to check in, get some of those like healthy. You listed so many great, great um coping skills and yeah. self-care. Yeah practices there so many amazing things that you're um that you've picked up 
So I just, and, and if you don't have one, you can find a counselor. Some of them, we talk to when they give you whole plans and strategies for self-care and coping skills. So they can be, think of it, they could be a life coach. Think of it as a life coach. You know, we have accepted well-being as a norm, but sometimes that's a difficult conversation to have with family. Um, and, and ironically enough, literally like less than a week ago, I was reflecting back to the first time I went to counseling with my, and I was on the phone with my parents and putting, putting them on the spot on the airways. But long story short, they both basically had a thought when I said that I was going to counseling about, did I do something to wrong to mess you up, to make you feel like you need therapy? Or like, did, did, was, did I do something? It doesn't mean that your parents did anything wrong because that is not a catalyst on whether or not you want to speak to a therapist about what is, how you right. cope with your right. life and how you um, navigate this stressful adulting world. Um, that that's why you need a therapist to help you navigate it because things are very stressful and it's way better to do it than to hold it in. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. 100%. I mean, and even if you did go through some stressful times with your parents in your childhood, right. You know, there's the other side of that. There's the other side. Yeah. But it's not just the stigma of you have to go because absolutely. Right. But I think the more we have these conversations, the better it is. Um, Quandra's quote of the day, are you morbidly obese with your stress level? I love it. <laughs> I love that. Okay. I love it. <laughs> I might because have to put that on my phone. For real. <laughs> like, they talk about all these apps to give you indicators. Can you put down how many times your chest was pain with a stressful okay. event? <laughs> exactly. Like, if, you, if your chest is burning every morning on your way to work, you or on your way to your dining room table <laughs> work, right. you gotta really say, I remember going through that many, many years ago. Not, not now. <laughs> but many, 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 many years ago, I remember riding in the car with my chest. Oh, yeah. Hurting, 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 hurting driving into work in tears and having to like get myself together just to get oh, through yeah. the door like you shouldn't have that shouldn't be that shouldn't be a part of your daily that's not a self-care routine it's just just burning crying in the car before you get out to get just to go into the workplace that is not a self-care that's not a healthy You're being scared um, to wake up in the morning because you have yeah, to go yeah. in that yeah you have to go in. that's not healthy that's yeah. not something has to change you need to check in with someone there yeah, I went through an experience similar to that. I was, um, so a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. my blood pressure was sky high. When I tell it was like stroke level. Wow. My doctor took me off of work. I was off from work um, September 26th until July 20th. I'm wow. sorry, January 20th. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I was off of work for quite some time because my blood pressure was at the point of me having a stroke. I've got put on blood pressure medication. And it was all the stress from work. Wow. Yeah. So worth it. Being mindful about yourself is important. All good, good conversation. Um, Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Your story is, is, needs to be shared. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to share it because somebody needs to hear it. Well, thank you for having me. I certainly appreciate it. Like I said, I'm all about advocating. I want everyone I want everyone's lives to be saved. If you can save it, then let's do it. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I'm all about it. 
get those breasts checked out. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. If, I, if I could do a, um, okay. a tip of the day, feel on yourself, right? Feel, feel you on yourself. Feel on yourself. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> feeling yourself if you notice something just say something and go ahead and set up an appointment yes well thank you everyone for spending some time with your listening ears check out our show notes for information linked reference within this episode and please check our website www.queenbeautypodcast.com you can send any comments and questions to queenbeautypodcast at gmail.com turning it over to Quandris. <laughs> thank you be sure to subscribe to our podcast for instant access on new episodes leave a five-star rating and review and make sure you share it with your friends and family if you can please you can find us on social media instagram facebook and at queen beauty podcast special shout out to our podcast editor Yay. shania Yay. at princess lay <laughs> artist extraordinaire protege Please see us back here soon for some quality time with Queen Beauty. Peace and love. Ciao.